The show was recorded pre-coronavirus lockdown, and I have two years of interviews that we'll be releasing to help your uh, self-isolation be a little less boring. And this is for real people. People are dying. Stay home. You need to starve the virus of the food that it needs, which is people. So stay home. Tattoo Now has been helping connect tattoo collectors and the curious with world-class talent from all around the globe since the mid-90s. You are invited to join us as we dive into the heart of tattoo now! One of the most beautiful things about the art of tattooing is that it really helps enable people from every nook and cranny around the globe. Tattooing transcends different cultures, different occupations, different political persuasions, uh, genders, tax brackets. You know, pretty much everybody can engage in quality tattooing and, you know, bring forth, you know, positive qualities that people want to, to uh, manifest in themselves or mark time and places to make sure that through the rest of their lives, there, there's things that they do their best to not forget. And with tattoos, it's hard to forget. Now, this amazing art that is uh, evolving all around the globe, matched with technology, we're able to, to beam in to catch up with these brilliant artists to, to hear their thoughts. So thanks to technology, we get to beam into France with Emmy Blacksheep, who is a very awesome, distinct tattooer, who also has brought in apprentices, owns a tattoo shop, travels to conventions. We get to dig into some politics a bit and talk about anarchy in France. And it's, it's one of the beautiful things, again, about being able to engage with different brains different creative brains from all around the globe. Then we get to Skype in the other direction to Los Angeles, California. Two painters, uh, original artists who have crafted their own way inside of the original art world, basically selling their unique original art to clients. These two artists uh, will talk about how they carve their way. Chet Zar is known, again, for his original creatures and his dark art, who is also commissioned by some, some heavies to, uh, to create art, you know, for Tool and, and other names that we don't even need to drop. Uh, again, Chet is a force in and of himself. And Gabe Leonard, Holy Moses, again, his client list. Uh, again, you can name drop some of the best in Hollywood or some of the craziest in Hollywood. Point being, his unique visions of characters from the Wild West and different, uh, some of those different eras. Uh, the the slideshow that we run with these fellas is just unbelievable. We do a dual interview. And then I did get to pack up all our gear and head over to the 10th anniversary Bucharest convention. Thank you, Kosti, Next Level Tattoos, Maria, that whole crew. And this interview is with Joanna Ferferko from Poland, who talks about carving her own way, despite all of the, the noises and voices that are out there. And Adi Pancho, his work, man, uh, unbelievable. And he talks about how tattooing really helps him feel fulfilled through the uh, journey of the clients. For now, I'm your host, Gabe Ripley. You can find out more about me at GabeRipley.com. If you see me at a tattoo convention, definitely say hi. It's one of the things that makes getting in front of the camera worth it. The next convention I'll be setting up at with all the cameras and doing seminars will be July 31st to August 2nd in Akron, Ohio, the Rubber City Tattoo Invitational. Tony Urbanic, man, he's been building tattoo machines for two decades now. He's been tattooing and making friends for even longer. The lineup is looking awesome, a great mix of traditional, neo-traditional, some realism in there. People are coming from all over, a, a strong regional representation. Damon Conklin will be teaching his Procreate for Tattooers. I will be teaching a free one on Saturday, or maybe two, and then a full workshop on Saturday, no, Sunday, I don't know. Point being, go to their schedule, Rubber City Tattoo Invitational. They're on Instagram, their website is being launched as we speak, and yeah, we'll also be doing interviews and such. Uh, be on the lookout for more information. Truly love heading out to conventions. Actually, speaking of Chet, uh, I did recently uh, catch up with him out in Los Angeles at the uh, Golden State Tattoo Expo, where we got some interviews for future shows. Uh, the legendary Carrie Barba, unbelievable. We also toured her tattoo museum with Jen, her apprentice. It was it was a truly special, unbelievable um, thing to record and very excited to be editing it. Also got a couple of maybe a little more psychedelic interviews with Thanks Anderton, who came over from the UK, and Mike Cole, and been amazing artists. So, uh, again, stay tuned for future interviews. And if you have a tattoo convention, that you'd like to see Tattoo Now come and film at, then you can get in touch. 413-585-9134 or management at 
TattooNow.com. This show is brought to you by the Rock River Tattoo Art Expo.com. Guy Aitchison is the vision behind his first show, and he's partnering with Robert Shaw of Euro Tattoo, who found an amazing venue on a river, and he's bringing in Tattoo Now to bring some of the Paradise Art Retreat uh, conference feel. So the educational component is going to be in full swing. There are 80 Artist Weekend passes that are on Early Bird Special right now www.tattooartexpo.com and on Instagram, Rock River Tattoo Art Expo. Needle Jig Tattoo Supply is a tattooer-owned tattoo supply company who vets every order still. Mark is a great force behind tattooing, and you can hear what he has to say on his YouTube channel. TattooNow.com slash Needle Jig for a coupon for 10% off your first order, and you can beam over to their website. Check them out. Tattoo Studios, who you should get tattooed at, whether you are looking to just walk in or set appointments for amazing custom tattoos. Super Genius Tattoo in Seattle, Washington, uh, led by the legendary Damon Conklin. No Idols Tattoo in Manhattan. John Mesa owns that tattoo shop, and he's in smack dab in the middle of Manhattan. And Loose Screw Tattoo in Richmond, Virginia, owned by Jesse Smith, who's been on TV, but he is not a one-trick pony. He's awesome. Uh, if you are looking to do a guest spot or a residency at either of these studios, then let them know you found out about them on these videos. And uh, yeah, again, amazing shops owned by artists who are looking out for tattooing and helping it grow in a positive way. ReinventingTheTattoo.com is Guy Aitchison's basically college textbook on tattooing. So you can't learn how to tattoo via this book, but you can learn how to tattoo better. Indelives Pro, designed specifically to heal wounds like tattoos. Protect your art. This is a system trusted by none other than Gogwe, Alex DePasse, countless other quality tattooers. Delize Pro in the United States and Dermalize in the rest of the world. And Tattoo Now. For over 20 years, we've been helping tattooers and tattoo studios uh, solidify their businesses, and now we have extra lessons on how to protect them. If you are interested in consulting, currently the, the prime gigs are all taken up, but we do have one and two day site visits or consulting stress tests um, that we can help with your shop to make sure that you know, you're clear about your mission, know how to go about it, and then again have the appropriate protections in place. Um, we also develop websites. We have a catalog of online webinars and help with recruiting and placement. So if you are an amazing tattooer who's honest and shows up to work on time and is positive, or a tattoo studio who is hell-bent on being best in class and attracting great tattooers who actually care, then get in touch and we could help uh, connect everybody. One of the themes you'll notice in these videos is tattooers talking about uh, giving back to the communities that support them. So we always want to make sure we're plugging the appropriate benefits. The Earth Day Benefit event led by Loose Screw Tattoo and Giving Arts Foundation. It will be happening April 19th, 2019 uh, from 10 to 6. Um, if you are a tattoo shop or artist who is interested in joining the Earth Day Benefit, then give us a call, 413-585-9134, and you can join Loose Screw Tattoo and hopefully dozens of other tattoo studios for an Earth Day benefit. Um, we are beaming in live from P.O. Box 1053, East Hampton, Massachusetts, 01027. Feel free to send your samples. I won't be tattooing with them, but they're great tattoo narrow artists who uh, might just do a little review video. Definitely check out our podcasts, the Tattoo Now podcast, and our YouTube channel, uh, tattoonow.com slash YouTube, and keep up on the latest episodes. The last episode, we had Pepper. We had Steph Bastian doing his benefit at the London Tattoo Convention. We had an overview of the 10th anniversary Bucharest Tattoo Convention, and Travis Greeno from Canada. It's a great show. Check it out. And now we can get on with today's show. Hey, my name is Matt Triano. I work here at No Idols Tattoo in New York City. I've been tattooing since 2006. One of the most amazing things about New York City is that it's so accessible. Before I started working here, um, a lot of people wanted to get tattooed by me, but where I was was just very hard to get to from anybody out of town or out of state. 
Whereas New York City, you can get to here from anywhere. Um, and ever since I started working in New York City, my clientele grew and expanded pretty much nationwide. And I'm getting clients from all over the place. So New York City is probably you know, the greatest place just for that. No Idols is one of the most fun places to work. So I love just being here and goofing off. Everybody is just really down to earth. We just have a lot of fun. Everybody's joking and picking on each other, but it's all lighthearted. So it's just a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs. The style that I work in is kind of a mixture of neo-traditional and new school and illustrative kind of all combined into one. Um, so like my ideal client would be pretty much anybody that says, I love what you do. Here's my arm. I got no tattoos and, you know, do a lady head and some animals and you have free reign to do whatever else you want after that. Um, I like doing medium to large scale tattoos. Um, if I could bust it out in one day, that'd be fantastic. Maybe like a full forearm or an upper arm. Um, but you know, you got to throw in those bat pieces every now and then. I love those too. Currently, I'm booked out about three months, but you could always email the shop, noidols at gmail.com, or you can send me a DM. My Instagram is Matt Triano. As always, thanks for tuning in. I'm very excited to talk to our next guest. Uh, I met her years and years and years ago uh, online and uh, both in person at, uh, at shops and conventions uh, around the world. Um, you could check out her amazing studio that's in France. It is blacksheep-tattoo.com. Her Instagram is Emmy underscore Black Sheep. So uh, check out her work while we're doing this interview if you want. And uh, yeah, I'm very excited, Emmy. Thanks for uh, taking the time to talk with everybody today. Thank you. You've seen a lot of changes, obviously, uh, since you started tattooing. Do you feel yeah. like the, the mainstream you know, culture sucking tattooing into it? Has, has watered down the art of tattooing or is the new influx of artists, you know, bringing in new energy and, and talent um, making it better? I, like, it's crazy. I don't really know because, you know, um, like when I started, it was really like a, a, a job, a commercial job. We used to do some tattoo flash every day. It was not really creative. So... I think it's better now just because we have, you know, more um, art in the tattoo. So uh, everyone can draw his own style and find some clients. So it's really cool for the art to have so many people that came in. But uh, <laughs> maybe, you know, TV and and too much social media, it's not really so good. I'm not sure about, you know, the way that it, it has to do now. I, don't, I, I just don't know. I don't have really um, <laughs> something to say about no I, answers. I'm just it. No answers, it just thinking is. about it every day. It, it's complicated because we, we need some new people just because, you know, the art is pushing up with many people so it's really cool but i i don't know too many instagram instagrammers like tattoo artists instagrammers is not really a good idea i think so and we have maybe too many things talking about tattoos so it's, it's I don't a know. very jacked up like uh, yeah it's crazy <laughs> yeah, it's the, uh... crazy just because now, I don't know in the US, but in France and in Europe, for um, if you want to do some tattoo conventions, sometimes you need to have like uh, 30, 20 or 30 uh, million <laughs> of uh, followers. Sure. And I'm, I'm not really sure about, you know, it, it doesn't show how good you are. So sure, and it really it's depends just, on what's just the, sad. Yeah, it's what the convention like, is looking for, right? If they if they're looking for eyeballs, they're not necessarily yeah. looking for a, a, a diverse or a breadth of a career. And, yeah, um, that's why that's why I'm I'm not really okay with because so in I, I don't get it. Like you you don't have to have that much follower to do a good to do great job. And sometimes you have a lot of followers and your, your work just sucks. So I don't, yeah. <laughs> you know, often, you know, people will be able to 
you know, get a lot of followers without necessarily having the maturity to understand the responsibility of yeah. their actions or their words. So all of a sudden they're spouting off this shit and you're like, man, you're, you just said that to 400,000 people. Well, yeah. 10% of 400,000 or whatever the algorithms put you on, but still like, uh, and it's, it's just sometimes the, the, how fast all of this stuff is working can, um, you know, yeah. and it's happened to me too, where all of a sudden, you know, yes. the, the responsibility outweighs how, how skilled, you know, you might be at, at dealing with that much attention. Yeah. I don't, I'm not sure about, you know, the good stuff about, uh, social media. I, I like, uh, Instagram just because I can discover every day some amazing tattoo artists. So it's really cool for people like me, but I don't, you know, I don't want to know if they have a million followers or anything. If they are good, they're just good. So, yeah, it's complicated. In some ways, it's like finding people before they have a million followers that's really yeah. special. And that's where those conventions that you talked about are missing out. Yeah. You know, if they're just like, you need to have 20,000 or 50,000 or more followers for us to look at you, it's like, wait a minute. It's like those people that are just stepping in or, or who have been in it for a while and then just not on the internet or, or on this, yeah. that particular platform that's real yes. special. But it, it, it's hard because you have to be on social media even if you don't like it. Like, I don't like it. I don't want really to be on it. Um, I don't really understand how it works you know like hashtags and stuff i try to but i think i have to um to um work like really uh, on my drawings and on my tattoos and i don't have enough time to really you know try to understand how social media are and i don't really give any <laughs> attention to it you know I'd rather have uh, my client satisfied. Sure. Like first, yeah. you know. It's very healthy, <laughs> you know. And, yeah. And certainly, like uh, uh, just doing it in the you know real world on people for yeah. them to talk about it with their friends, and it's real. It's you know, tattooing obviously is very tactile. You know, obviously, yeah. uh, you know, I got you know the shit beat out of me on the internet. I stayed off it for like six or seven months, and then. Yeah. Uh, but you know, damned if I don't hop on there and I'm looking at stuff, and then there's an opportunity. Yeah. You know, somebody posts something or somebody says something or somebody contacts me or something. I'm like, ah, like I just, <laughs> you know, now all of a sudden I'm doing a trip to Europe or to China or something crazy is happening yeah. because I was on that fucking stupid Instagram. And uh, yes. so I go through these, it's the, that, that push and pull and, you know, and of course it wants you to, you're addicted to it. It's like the, yeah. Uh, uh, that, that, that's what I, I didn't want to be addicted because I think it's um, it's unhealthy and uh, dangerous for for me, like really my peace of mind. And I see it just because sometimes um, I put some pictures on Instagram, and and you cannot do, you know, like you have to know how much people like the uh, the tattoo. And sometimes you're like why <laughs> like why just 100 or something like some other tattoos that are not really you know well done or anything sometimes i have like 10,000 like and it's not it's not fair but you know it, it's not really good for us so i just put some pictures and then after i just stop <laughs> you know i don't want to know how many people like my pictures because <laughs> It's it's not good. That's the healthiest. You know, there's really, there's two reasons, right? Yeah. One is yeah. that most people don't give a shit about quality and only react yeah. to, to weird crazy. And the other is the algorithms know what you're reacting to. So sometimes yeah. they might just starve you so that you keep going back. Yes. You know, and uh, ultimately for me, that's the, the main issue with social media when people are like, you know, I don't need a website, you know, why I've got, you know, Facebook or Instagram. You know, my, yeah. my, my first thing that I would say is, well, people said the same thing about MySpace. Uh, yeah. But the other thing really is, is just those algorithms really are designed not to promote your business. They're designed to get you to interact with them, to drive more yeah. business to them. Anyways. Yes. But uh, I I really um, preferring 
having people like in the real world, you know, <laughs> like here and knowing them as a human being <laughs> more than, you know, like <laughs> an Instagrammer. I don't, you know, I don't get it. I want to meet people like yeah. real people. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, uh, yeah. it's, that's, I mean, conventions, it's one of the reasons why conventions are amazing, yeah. especially for tattooing is so many like-minded people get together and, yes. Um, so when you're, when you're setting your schedule for the future and you're trying to figure out which conventions to go to or which studios to do guest spots at, um, yeah. like how, how do you pick them? And is it, is it really just a matter of networking at conventions and, and meeting, meeting new friends or? Uh, it depends because, uh, it, it's, um, it's, it's complicated for me uh, because my son is uh, now five something and he doesn't want me to go to a tattoo convention because he didn't want to talk to me if I go to the to a tattoo convention. So um, I have to organize myself uh, with my appointments here uh, and my son and his holidays, you know, so... I'm, I do less tattoo convention now just because it's, it's really hard to, um, to, you know, organize everything. My, my parents are not here, so, um, I don't have anyone to, uh, to take care of him <laughs> and I cannot take him because it's too, he's too young. So, um, um, I'm looking for uh, new tattoo conventions just because I'm used to maybe six uh, tattoo conventions in France and Switzerland. And I'd like to uh, travel more, maybe do like maybe only two tattoo conventions, but far from here. Just to, you know, uh, discovering something new. Um, I, I will continue to do some uh convention close to here just because they are my friends and i like those tattoo convention but i want to travel more just to discover things you know like maybe going to germany because i never been there for a tattoo convention really and it's not that far so <laughs> it's like right there yeah, yeah awesome. I, I i it's just because i i don't know how to speak german i went to um Ireland, uh, Great Britain, and some stuff that they they talk English, so it's easier. In Warsaw, it was like Polish, so it's getting harder. <laughs> I, I love Germany, the image of, of your know. work in, in the, was it the Krakow Convention? Uh, yeah, uh, no, yeah. it was the Warsaw Tattoo Convention. Warsaw, oh, sorry, I can't believe you just said that. That's funny. I can only imagine yeah. that uh, in the mists of like the dark, you know, creepy, you're like psh, uh, uh, shining bright colors. As always, if you want to catch the full interviews, go to tattoonow.com slash YouTube and we upload them as I can, as fast as I can. I'm editing like a maniac these days. Um, we are going to hear from the next sponsor, the Rock River Tattoo Art Expo, October 2nd to the 4th. And then on the other side, we catch up with Gabe Leonard and Chet Zar, and you do not want to miss checking out their uh, amazing interview and slideshows. Their artwork is out of this world. If you are a tattoo collector or an artist, mark your calendars October 2nd to the 4th, 2020, in Rockford, Illinois at Cliff Breakers. The Rock River Tattoo Art Expo is going to be bringing a unique tattoo experience specifically for you. Guy Aitchison has been going to conventions for over two decades and is going to be bringing his unique vision to craft, again, an experience designed to bring out the best in tattooers for the collectors and for the artists. He's teaming up with Robert Shaw of Euro Tattoo, who found an amazing venue right on the river there. There's windows that are overlooking this beautiful view so that the tattooers and painters can be inspired and this is not going to be your typical show. And Tattoo Now is the third partner bringing in some of the Paradise a Tattoo Gathering, Artist Retreat, Worldwide Conference feel. There's gonna be a full-on educational uh, track. So if you are a tattooer or an apprentice, definitely catch one of the Early Bird Artist Weekend passes that are available now. Um, or you know, if you're too late, make sure you just get your passes because you're going to learn more than you possibly can. Your brains will be overflowing with ideas 
an inspiration. And tattoo collectors, you just have to be a little bit more patient. Passes will be on sale soon. But for now, we have 80 Artist Weekend passes with special treats. So check out TattooArtExpo.com or on Instagram, Rock River Tattoo Art Expo. Awesome, fun, fun. So, uh, so you guys have obviously uh, known each other for a while. Could you maybe talk a little bit about what you think makes each other's, what makes each other special? Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the long hair other. and beard. Yeah. <laughs> I used to have yeah. long hair too. I, I used to look like. Chuck yeah, and I used to look to, like stunt doubles of each other. Yeah, right. Yeah, he used to have long hair and he used to be fat, and, and, and so he was my he, we were he was my stunt double, and then he got all in shape and cut his hair, and I got fatter, so that kind of <laughs> ended that. It was good while it lasted. <laughs> now, I'm, now I'm a stunt man. Are you doing the jujitsu? Is that what I saw? Online? Yeah, yeah. I started doing Brazilian jujitsu back in 2013. So that was the same year that we did the tattoo uh, convention, actually. Uh huh. Oh, cool. Yeah, so I've yeah, been training. Right, right. That was yeah. your big change. That was your. your yeah, that was yeah. Your big so I. Yeah, so from that point on, everything changed. I started getting my shit together. Nice. <laughs> mushrooms. I remember the uh, the fireplace that night. It was very oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Leonard comedy uh, routine. It wouldn't yeah, end. my stand up comedy routines at the fire pit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say what's special about Gabe is um, he he's just he just knows how to paint really well, and it's and you know a lot of people, um, myself included, really I think are kind of specialize in like you know a certain look or a certain kind of thing and Gabe just has really uh, he paints stuff I don't I don't think I could paint like he painted this that dump, this coal dump truck the other day and he paints cars and he paints people doing all the stuff and and street scenes and it's like you know he really just is, is very well rounded and he knows what he's doing it's not like you know he's very educated you can kind of paint anything I think. And he's got his own recognizable style, you know. And I, he's able to paint really loose, which I love as well. And I envy um, he's able to just make it look right and not so overworked. Like a lot of my stuff is, you know, a little detailed, a little more detailed than I might like. But um, he's great. He's he's amazing. Well, he just I would say that the things that you're dogging about your work is the things I think that are really special about what you do. Like... <laughs> Because I'm not really good at getting into details and, and things. So, like, what I like about Chet's work especially is, well, first, it's very inventive. Like, so I, I to paint coal dump trucks and all these other things, I, I do a lot of background research and get a lot of photographic references that I take and do all these other things. So I, I know what they look like. And Chet just kind of, like, you know, it pops out of out of nothingness into something cool and, and there's a lot of really cool, clever, inventive things that he does with with his characters. Uh, his it, it's really strange because when I look at his work, I it, first of all I, it, it's humorous to me, so I see the humor in his work, and I and he's ve a very good painter. And as far as his sensibilities with colors and his ability to create form and structure, like his paintings look, I think because maybe because of his background in sculpture. He has a, an innate understanding of structure and form, especially in like human heads and faces and, and things like that. So he makes things look like they're real without having seen the thing that he's painted. So that's you know that's a big difference between what we're doing. But I think it's what makes his work really unique is, is it's really hard to make something look that that natural and that alive without having reference of anything outside of your own imagination. So well, so just really good at that sort of thing. That's nice of you to say. Thank you, Gabe. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> you mean Gabe and I are like, you know, it's a mutual admiration society. We're always admiring each other's work, you know. Well, it's so. great work. Every time I see it online, it's like, oh, shit, I can't believe uh, it keeps getting better. You know, it's like the world's just kind of, you know, keep expanding and getting a little <laughs> Yeah. So you guys obviously must know a whole cast of characters of artists out there in L.A. and in, in the broader art world. Um, you know, and everyone, you know, gets a little wild and crazy. And, and with all the shit that's going on, like, 
so my, my question kind of is, is how, how do you feel about uh, the separation of uh, admiration of art from the artist? Um, is it something where, uh, you know, you hear the story about the musicians or the artists and then, uh, or the filmmakers, and then it tinges the experience of, uh, of that art? Or is it, do you get a real separation, like, I appreciate the art, I don't give a shit what they say when they're drunk at the bar? Well, you mean, like, can someone be a villain in one story and a hero in another? Yeah, I suppose, or uh, mostly, like I said, I, every once in a while I'll hear uh, stories. Like the Michael stories. Jackson thing? Yeah, maybe. I, I never cared about Michael Jackson, so that doesn't hit <laughs> me either, personally. But... but yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, you know, uh... Or any number of things where somebody is, you know, like you've liked their TV shows or their movies or things they've created, and all of a sudden you find out they're a piece of shit. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, is that, now how, <laughs> how does that work as artists? Like, no you can still you can still like the work, I think. I think the work and the, and, and the person who makes it uh, you don't have to like someone to appreciate what they've done. They can, like, so someone can be a hero in one version of themselves and a and a monster in another. Mm-hmm. I think that's possible. Like even even in my paintings, and I don't know, maybe Chet thinks this agrees with this too. Is like, I don't really make someone out to be a hero or a villain. They might look like one or the other, but it's always up for the person to decide. Like, yeah. is this person bad or good? I I can't tell. And I I think that. We all have that monster inside of us somewhere, and if we don't, we're just lying to ourselves. If we think that we're, you know, we're not a monster somewhere. If we couldn't be the, the 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 if we couldn't be the Hitler, you know, every one of us has that capacity within us. Mm. Um, people be people. Be, I don't think people are necessarily inherently good or evil. I think those are things that are probably developed through through the pressures of their environment like how they were raised, what the experiences they had uh all these things they 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 lead into a a direction of of uh you know not to say that people aren't completely responsible but but things happen to people that help form who they are and they and you're not you can't be responsible for everything that happens to you you know the question is are, are we responsible for everything that we do and then you can get into the questions of do we have free will and all those sort of things. And yeah. yes, I, I, lean, <laughs> I lean on the, I lean I lean on the side of that I don't think we do have free will. Uh-huh. But I but to have that you have to kind of accept that the the term the terming things in the sense of good and evil is just a a way of thinking about things that maybe good and evil don't exist. I mean we obviously have an experience and we know what we mean when we say evil, but when you try to pin anything like that down, it gets ambiguous and confusing down to the point where is michael jackson evil well, i don't maybe to some people and maybe for some parts of his life he was but that it's doesn't a, mean that his music isn't good or isn't influential or didn't have an impact right. on our, in our culture so it's weird though because that you know uh it's kind of a conundrum in a way because uh to say that um, a child molester did all these horrible things to kids isn't bad or evil is, you know, it's, there's not, I don't think there's a clear cut answer, you know, like sympathizing with Hitler or, or any, or a serial or a rapist or a child molester, you know, it's like on one hand, cause I, you know, I, I agree with you kind of, it's like evil, good and evil are man-made concepts ultimately. And, um, but at the same time, we are human beings, so there is some kind of, you know, moral baseline that most people kind of believe, and and it's and it's just like it's it's not an easy it's not an easy cut and dried answer. I don't think you know what I mean. Like because could say okay okay Michael Jackson he was just um, product of his environment and. Blah blah. He's not evil. He's he's you know he's evil's a man made thing. But he raped kids over you know raped children, fucked their whole lives up. All the all kinds of kids ruined their lives pretty much. People are like suffering now because of it. So to it's almost like disregarding the suffering of the kids to go. Oh, he was just a product of this, and he didn't re- you know you can't really judge. I'm just saying there's no clear cut answer. Is all. It's like wiggly. Well, we're trying to balance that scale between is the is the art that was produced 
uh, more significant than the harm that was created. Right. Yeah. You know, well, it's like that with Woody Allen too. It's like I love Woody Allen movies and I love <laughs> Roma Polanski movies, and I'm able to make the separation. I think it's like a personal thing, really. I think it's a personal thing. Everybody kind of has to make that separation. On the other hand, there's a painter that I knew that turned out to be a total scumbag asshole guy in, in the scene, and I can't really get into his work anymore because of it. So I think it kind of, but it was like more of, I was more personally in, involved. So you That's know. like, do you help the starving child who's begging on the street? And not help the person who's an Ethiopian on a TV commercial. You know, it's like it's proximity right. to your experience right. really depends on what you're going to do to help someone. So it's just bring, it brings you know, me back to the point. I always say there's no answer. There's no answer for any of it. <laughs> that's just Wait, that's just an that's easy just out. <laughs> oh, it's just like there's no, you know, the, the the sooner we I think we admit that there's no clear cut answer for anything. The better, the easier it will be to actually come up with solutions for some of the well, problems. We're, all, we're always trying to de define what our morality as a individual or culture is, and you might think of our morality as a way of uh, a way of thinking that allows us to go away from suffering and 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 go towards something better. You know, so mm -hmm. it may not be you know some sort of absolute truth, but it might be something that's. Um, there's a there's a lot of intellectual philosophers that talk about this lately. Like you know, if yeah. you guys are familiar with Sam Harris and yeah. Jordan Peterson and those guys, yeah. and so oh they have some interesting insights. Yeah, that means so, YouTube's going to tag this, and all of a sudden we're just going to get Jordan Peterson for like the next six months on YouTube. Nah, we're, we're not going to go into all the things he says, but but <laughs> but, uh, but but what they what they seem to argue is is that. They argue around the ideas of what morality is and, and and where it comes from and why we have it, and and some people like to argue on the side that we, we it must come from some sort of divinity uh, that leads us towards something good, and and others might argue that it's a product of evolution in our experience because it was selected for. That's why it's still here. It's and so the the the, the ideas that allowed people to survive longer, at least to reproduction age tend to survive longer and so right. uh, so some of the ideas around morality based on a, a ideology uh, an ideology that is uh, too old and unadaptable like in some Western religions have a harder time you know we have a harder time rounding off in, in and making those fit our current situations so some other ideologies and philosophies that don't have such a unchangeable story structure that we're allowed to adapt these things and maybe even create new things for things that we have like you know stories in the bible aren't going to tell us what to do about looking at our smartphone too much you know like that yeah. just wasn't conceivable but there you know you know is you know if you want to think about it, like a simple version of morality it's like it used to be you know impolite to have your head on inside or in, in, in a theater and now everybody's got a bright screen or turn on to checking their text messages and and they do and it, it just happens so fast that the 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 rules that we form around these things haven't caught up with it and so what we're looking at now is like we didn't used to see it as either you were here or either you were like a you know a really a important creator like a musician or an actor or a movie maker and your sins were, were brushed under because your credit was so good well now now, because of our ability to pay attention so closely, we can see that we can see the monster in everybody, and so now we now we have to figure out: well, do we lump them all in one category? Do we give them all the credit, or do we give them all the blame? And 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 maybe maybe we can we have to figure out how to compartmentalize those things so that we're not, you know, you know, like like with Michael Jackson or or those guys, they didn't do this on the good things. They didn't do on their own either. They they had. People they worked with, they had producers, right. they had friends and family, and people that they they rose up to uh, great 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 achievements with the help of everyone around them, and they destroyed people in exactly the same way. Yeah, with the help true. of everybody around them. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it's they did both of those things, and and so should you throw out one or the other or both? I'd, that's I think where we're at in our society trying to figure that out yeah it's weird it's a weird time because everything's changing so fast you know everything is 
um, approaching singularity to where exponentially everything's going just faster and faster and, and there's no time to even establish rules anymore until the thing is changed again. By the time people like kind of agree on something, it's changed again. And it's like, that's why I think, I think a lot of people are freaking out. I think that's why kind of the whole, um, extremism thing is, is happening now because it's something to hold on to during times where there's nothing to hold on to. There's chaos. It's like the, I, I think the only way to deal with that situation is to let go. It's just to completely let go and trust that's the only thing. It's that or it's hold on to some rigid belief structure that makes you feel better. And, you know, you can see that the the, the extremists um, are are dangerous and not, not doing positive things for humanity, you know, I think. It's a weird time. It's, it's kind of cool in a way. I think we're well, not living in, in our own reality too much, too. I think we're so caught up. With what's going on digitally on our phone, we we get so caught up in what's going externally that we have all these stories going on. We think we have to make decisions about. Right. But when it comes when it comes down to these kind of things, like the the actors and you know musicians, they I don't listen to any of their music anyways, and right. I don't know anything <laughs> about them, and so it has no real impact on me. And and whatever whoever it does, there is we've organized organized our culture and society in such a way that we've delegated responsibility to those that are that you know so however it's going to be taken care of in a legal system there is a system in place to take care of those things that we don't have to individually get involved with every fucking day and make a decision about it and i think that's it causes anxiety it causes like mm. you got all these things you're thinking about all the time and if you just turn off your phone turn off your tv and sit around with your people in front of you or work on a painting and, and that's what's right there that's the only thing you have to really think about is what yeah. am i going to do right now you don't have to think about all those other things all the time it's yeah. just going to drive you nuts yep i agree the, the, the thou shall not use your digital equipment on sunday except <laughs> to watch this podcast gotta do so, that <laughs> uh, so speaking to uh, the effect of shit just is moving like fast and obviously you know n- none of us are, are geezers yet although we are headed straight towards that territory i'm uh, pretty much um, are there, are there uh, lessons that the you've learned getting stage. old in the in the art world that you might be able to share to uh, some younger people maybe either ergonomic you know simple ergonomic tips or maybe some mental shifts that uh you might be able to prepare people you for you don't want to ask me about ergonomic tips because my back is so fucked it's been i'm on like three weeks of a pinched nerve probably from sitting wrong so for um, ergonomics <laughs> i i suggest paint while you're standing up i yeah, like to that's, paint and work standing as much i'm gonna as possible. start as soon as this pinched nerve is done i'm i'm gonna start yoga I'm gonna start walking again, and I'm gonna start yeah. painting standing up. Because I'm like, I echo that. Take care of your health, because that's that's the thing that's coming back to bite me the most. Is like I, I'm, my 20s, after my late 20s to almost all my 30s, I just like, fuck it, you know, I just let myself go. I didn't give a shit, and I got fat. I ate whatever I wanted, didn't exercise, and, and then I found out I had diabetes and high blood pressure, high cholesterol, and and uh, I had to take care of it. And although I'm a lot better shape now, my body is paid is paying the damage. It's 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 a lot harder for me to recover than than mm-hmm. would have been if I had stayed healthy. Is yeah, it, that you're borrowing your from your future self right. when you don't <laughs> give a shit, yep. and when you get to be your future self, you get mad at your past self for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you'll get there. You you will be your future self one day if you're lucky. You know, donuts and pizza are not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> Not to the extent that I was doing it. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was somebody uh, I was talking to as an artist, and he was like, man, it was fucked up. Like, I did I did drugs, I did fucking drinking. I fucking was almost, it was potatoes that almost fucking killed me. And uh, yeah. he was just eating, you know, 10 years of all the fucking potatoes. And, you know, right. all of a sudden the doctor's like, you got to cut that shit out. And, yeah. Uh, I would say on a, on an uh, artistic level, what I would say to young people, and th- I think the thing I run into the most is that um, young artists they see someone that's successful and they want to be successful themselves, and so they start marketing themselves right away. They start putting their stuff out there before they're ready, and I think you know 
I think it's important to really learn the fundamentals of artwork, of creating artwork, because a lot of people just kind of jump in and, uh, and, and I'm all about jumping in. I mean, I kind of jumped in myself, but um, I, ha- I had a lot of background in, in art from my job and everything. So I, I, I could draw and paint and stuff to a degree. But, um, you know, I think it's important to, to you know, I, I've, I always used to be, very, I still am, I'm very supportive to young artists. Um, but I see a lot of, uh, not enough self-criticism, not enough developing your eye to know what even looks good, because that's a lot of, problems a lot of a lot of younger people have is they don't even they don't even know what looks good that conversation was amazing and it kept going so if you go to tattoonow.com slash youtube it'll bring you to our youtube channel and as i finish editing you get to check out the full videos thanks again chet and gabe leonard amazing visionaries it's awesome to have their influence on the tattoo world and if you might be interested in painting with these fellas let us know because we are trying to organize the next Paradise Artist Retreat for 2021. And the next interview is the dual interview with Joanne Farco and Aidy Poncho. So please enjoy after this quick message from our sponsor. It's been a pleasure for me to work with a young artist like Sandri that uh, we connected each other's styles. Perfect, this pure hyper-realistic style that he offers is like uh, connected with my 3D modeling came out uh, really nice. It was my first collaboration with another tattoo artist and it was one of my favorite experience and uh, we hope we can uh, we can do a more collaboration together. What we have the most important is health so we have to worry about each one of the customers that we work with and uh, we are trying to protect them as uh, good as possible that we use Dermalize for each work, especially on the convention. Protect your art! Protect your art, motherfuckers! Hello, I'm here with Alex and Joanna at the 10th Annual Bucharest Tattoo Convention. I'm ecstatic to be able to talking to uh, two really inspirational tattooers and there's only space here for two of us so what I'll do is I'll get behind the camera and then ask them questions and we'll do this a little bit uh, kind of discussion panel style so yeah, sure. you can both answer uh, and yeah, discuss for amongst sure. yourselves. For sure. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay I'm Joanna Faferko. I'm from Poland. Uh, for now I'm working in my own studio Black Pearl Tattoo. You can find me on the Instagram like Joanna Faferko. so it's the easiest way and um, yeah I used to travel a lot and I start with my own studio five years ago and here I'm first time so later I'm gonna say a little bit more about this. My name is Alex and I'm from Moldova and at the moment I work in Holland in my own shop which I opened this year so it's pretty new. You can find me on Instagram like Eddie Pancho so yeah you can check my profile. So the first question is going to be an easy one. Uh, what do you love about tattooing? So for me, tattooing gets kind of freedom. I, for me, it's really hard work. It's not like easy work. So I come to job and I do only what I love because I taking responsibility for this, what I do. But also I can make something what it's kind of my passion. I can grow up like an artist, I can develop, but also travel, meet a lot of new people. And also I really, really love how many things I can make, how I can change during the weeks and months. And this is really, really hard work, but interesting and giving me like a lot of good energy inside. Yeah, for me, tattooing also is like a passion, so you always learn something new you never can be sure what's gonna happen <laughs> tomorrow so that's what i like these emotions uh, make us uh, feel like complete <laughs> in harmony in, uh, with with ourselves awesome uh, what were your very first memories of seeing tattoos hmm. <laughs> my first memory was like i was in high school and a lot of my friends started to get the tattoos and there was 
it was not impressed for me at all. Yeah. <laughs> I never was looking at this like art. I was going for some art classes and make completely different stuff, but it was never really interesting for me. I remember I was working in the bar when it started, I can say my story started like this, and there was coming a local tattoo artist, and he was kind of really good energy inspiration person. His work's not, but he was, and I was thinking, hmm, maybe it's something different, maybe it's kind of cool, and maybe in the future I want to have the same kind of power and then it started to be interesting. But it was really long way yeah, <laughs> until yeah. now. So. Yeah, for me, I'm always drawing from, from, from the young age. So yeah, I just wanted to try something new instead of canvas. So I found the skin is the best <laughs> way. <laughs> what were some of your first uh, artistic uh, influences? Some of the people that made you uh, really want to dive into art? Um, to be honest, it was Bob Tyrell. Yeah, when I saw his portrait, I was amazed how it's, it's possible on the skin. I mean, on the paper, okay, but uh, in that time, uh, the rest of the artists made like really simple works, and he was uh, one of the first who like uh, get um, push tattoos like how to say it on another level. Mm -hmm. And the guys like him, like Robert Hernandez, and a lot more of them. Uh, thanks, thanks, there, there exist. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for me, when I started doing, it was nobody like really, really interesting. It was more about this, what I want to do. And I remember when I moved to Denmark, there was a lot of high quality tattoo artists, but all of them do the same. Most of them make realism or like dot work traditional. And then maybe it's gonna sound funny because of the situation. But being when I was in Denmark, I seen first time works of Pancho. <laughs> and really, I was like, no, no fucking way. It was not possible for me. And then I messaged the boss of, of the shop where Alex was working that I can come like an apprentice, maybe make some small letters just to check how you're working. And he wrote me, no, no way. And after two weeks, he messaged me, okay, Jana, come to work with us. And then I come first time and I seen it looks real. And for me, Pancho was the first person who changed all my tattoo work, like did completely other stuff. <laughs> and we never talk about she lied, this. She so lied. It's not true. <laughs> it's, I don't want to be just nice, but that, that oh. was the truth. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but really. You have particular styles, both of you. How, how do you attract clients to, to get tattooed by you? It's, it depends what you offer to them, uh, I think, because they need to, to see how it's gonna look. So the visualization is the best way to to push them on what you want to do. So, and more you offer, more they, they give you freedom. I mm -hmm. think. So it's all about uh, how you prepare it. If if they come and you can show like a couple of uh, custom designs, usually they take one of them. It's normal. But of course, if you just explain it to them like, oh, I want to make like this and like this, and gonna be looking cool. Nobody believe you. You need to show. Yeah. yeah. And uh, what kind of tools do you use to show them? All kind of tablets today is good for this. So you need just a usual tablet, which one you can draw. So it's really easy today. Yeah. I think it comes with experience <laughs> because mm -hmm. it's really good to hear. Uh, with me, it's really different because I don't work only rallies. I like to play with the style. I try to find my own way. And because I do a lot of kind of things, sometimes I'm getting lost. Uh, I like to work with customer idea by my way. And really often I work with the people on place. So they send me all of the details, they send me the idea, and then they come and face to face, I have just some materials ready, and then we make design together on the day session. Awesome. So when people come to you to get tattooed, what kind of experience do you uh, try to deliver for them? In my studio, we always try to like give them this feeling that we respect them. And even if we need to work a little bit on the character or on the design, we, we give respect and we expect respect. The atmosphere, I think it's really nice. We have pretty cozy studio and a lot of people like really friendly atmosphere, but we also have those borders what they can't across. Uh, so I think 
for me it's the best way to don't make only friends relations but to keep this distance between the customer and the artist and with the time of course when they come back it, it's changed for better always yeah, yeah like Joanna said uh, respect is most important but also they not every time they are right so you, you must show that you are professional because if you're doing everything what they want in the end your work's not gonna look like uh, like they look so because people uh, they from other industry let's say like that they have other kind of professions and style of living not everybody big expert how to make tattoos so you should show them and explain them why it's not gonna work sometimes yeah, we need to educate them sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> and, and then they start to feel uh, like in, uh, they are in the hands of professional, you know what I mean? Like it's also, it's important to, to, to deliver in your opinion. And I think even if sometimes situation is kind of hard and they don't understand like at all, uh, always when I'm ready for tattooing and I know I did my job good, I see even if they are not sure in the start, on the end they are always happy, you know. Right. Um, so we're here at the Bucharest Tattoo Convention. Uh, can you tell us about how you made it here and what your experience is like here? Okay, I'm here the first time. It's not a big surprise because I know Kosti and I know how much power he put during those all years for this tattoo industry here. Uh, but. I'm really happy to be here. At first, I met here a lot of my good friends, not only really great tattoo artists, but also like my personal friends. The atmosphere, it's really nice. And I think it's, it's giving the new power, new energy. It's like every convention most of the times looks extremely the same. And here it's completely different way. So I feel it again, like something fresh. My experience, I know Kosti, long time before so i'm already five time here so it's always awesome. i feel like at home here so it's always pleasure to come here so it's one of my favorite show for sure awesome. by its nature tattooing literally transforms somebody's body and also often their mentality um, can you talk about some of your clients who had a transformation from my experience sometimes like when i open the studio and i start to get my first customers and I want to also develop in the color works, what I start to make. Uh, I had those customers who come to me with this idea, those pictures, and they were sure they want this. And if it had sense, like a one tattoo, I start to make it. But after they start to come like for next, 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 and the composition was not perfect. And I knew it from the start, but I was not enough strong to sell them this that we need to work from the start with composition. And this is what I've seen. Uh, if we give a lot of power and educate them and show them the difference between, I have them now, like those the same guys who was like making me feel tired and crazy angry that they don't want to listen to me. They come now and they say, do what you want. Doesn't matter, like color, black and gray, how you want this, like, man, you don't know what it's in my head. And they are like, I'm fine, I don't, I don't care, like, at all. And, and really, now I also have this power to, like, talk with the people harder and stronger from the start. So it's changed for them, but it's also changed for me. Needlejig has been producing high-quality tattoo needles for close to 20 years. Dynasty are our latest membrane cartridges. Same great needles with the added benefit of protection against backflow. Thanks again, Kosti, for the opportunity to catch up with these amazing artists in these fantastic locations. If you are a tattooer, then find Kosti online, uh, Facebook or the Instagrams, and make sure you're aware of his next show because you do not want to miss it. Well, there we go. That's it for our show tonight or this morning, whenever you're watching. Uh, special thanks to all of the tattooers for taking their time to do these interviews. 
Our next show is going to feature the legendary Carrie Barbara. She is a force to be reckoned with, and it was amazing to catch up with her and her apprentice, who took us on a tour of her tattoo museum that's at uh, Outer Limits, uh, the oldest shop in the States, one of the oldest in the world. We will be catching up with tattoo entrepreneur and Richmond Convention co-promoter Jesse Smith and the unbelievable uh, fantasy artist and realist tattooer Cecil Porter. And we round out the show with Barbara Shorazan, who we met at the Bucharest Tattoo Convention. It is a pleasure and an honor to be able to bring to you some of these tattooers, both young and old, but all are focused on creating better artwork, better people, better tattoos. And again, thanks to all of our sponsors. They are at the beginning of the show. They are in our show notes. Thank you, Kelly Gromley, for the music. Whew. Okay, there we go. That wasn't as bad as it could have been.